It's time for building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, August 26th, and you are listening to episode 378. I'm Jason here, and uh, before we get into the real show, I just wanted to quick talk about a new little fun activity I want to do with the new co-hosts. So, uh, what that's going to be is, builders, I need for you to send me your ideas. Uh, I'd like a title for a game, some mechanics, some different uh, component ideas, and I'm going to pick what I think are the best ones, and then I'm going to uh, present them to the uh, co-hosts, and each of the co-hosts will have to pitch a game. Uh, based on those constraints and those ideas, uh, without the benefit of hearing what the other uh, co-hosts have pitched before. And so uh, we'll be recording those ahead of time and then uh, letting the builders decide who did it best. All right, now on with the show. Well, today I'm joined by co-host Julio. How's it going, Julio? Doing good, Jason. How about yourself? Doing real well, doing real well. Yeah, yeah, I'm... uh, been uh been busy working on post Gen Con stuff, just trying to get stuff to publishers and trying to uh, work on some new projects. I'm co-designing like crazy right now, and uh, so that's been keeping me busy. Uh, how about yourself? Well, uh, I'm a little on the opposite end. Post Gen Con is just a lot of hurry up and wait type of deal. So right, right. I, I, I was doing so much hustle before Gen Con, getting. Uh, rule books you know rules ready and games ready and and all that then after that it i mean it, it went good gen con went really great i had a lot of interest in my games a lot of prototypes were taken so now it's just i got nothing to work on <laughs> so going f- from you know working at 10 on 10 games to maybe working on two uh and getting new ideas but i guess there's nothing concrete that i can work on so it's it's a little slow i'm a little worried (laughs) you're afraid that you're suddenly out of ideas yeah yeah no i mean the ideas are there it's just getting getting them to work coherently you know right so we'll see what happens but i I know it'll get there i'll get there it's just kind of I guess that's what I liked, uh, like about this podcast, you know, the whole documenting part. So there's highs and lows. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, the, the builders have certainly experienced that over the years. Um, and we'll be interested to hear about your highs and lows too. <laughs> yeah. And, and one thing that's important is, you know, it's not always about the hustle. Just kind of, you take, make sure to take a break. Um, I was talking to my wife and I'm like, I feel like I should be working on something. And, and she was like, well, you know, you can take a break. Here, watch some TV and, and let's enjoy ourselves some. And and it, it's it's good. It's good. But at the same time, there's still I still got that nagging feeling of I need to start working on some more stuff. And I actually have to work on some games I need to get ready to hand out to some publishers. But one of the games is one of these, you know, 10-hour ga- prototypes that I have to make. And right. It's uh, getting started is the problem. <laughs> just doesn't sound like fun, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah, I um, you know, I I run into the struggle too that I feel like you're describing here, which is when I'm busy, like right before Gen Con or post Gen Con now, when I've got a lot of getting prototypes to people and different things and sending out sell sheets and all sorts of stuff that I 
wasn't planning on having to do pre-Gen Con that I suddenly have to do post-Gen Con. Um, you know, now I've got a million other ideas I want to work on. But when yeah. I when I find a time when I've kind of like tapped out everything and there's no projects with, with publishers looking at right now and that sort of thing, when I get to that point, I tend to find that I... Um, that I don't have any new ideas then that I'm just kind of sitting around like, what do I do now? So I, I, I know where you're coming from for sure with that. Yeah. And, and I guess it's one of those things that I'm actually starting to do some co-designing, some more co-designing uh, with some other people. I've actually been approached by some people to do some co-designs and, and I'm working with some local people here in Asheville. So, so there are new stuff that I'm working on. It's just that, Going back to, uh, you know, I like to work on things fast and and right. waiting on other people to do things. It's I guess it's I don't I don't like it as much. No, I know so, you you and I worked on a game together for a bit and we've got that other big project. But that's that's kind of a long term thing. But the um, yeah. the little game we worked on, you, you were you were very fast paced. You are a hard guy to keep up with for sure. I felt like with uh, working on that game. Um you know what I mean? And I don't mean that in a bad way. I just, it's, it's a little intimidating because you're like, boom, I thought of these 400 things to do with this game and they're all really smart. And I'm like, <laughs> I got an idea for this one thing we could try. <laughs> so, Well, I mean, it's just, uh, I guess it's just kind of part of being a designer. You know, people have different speeds and they work in different ways. And I've always kind of, when I was in college, I, I, I was kind of always like to be like the leader of the group to have somebody, everybody kind of make sure that everybody's on schedule. Right, right, um, right, right. Uh, so that's kind of my my thing. You know, I like to make sure everything's on schedule and everything's going according to plan. There's some flow to it. But once things start petering out and there's not as much communication and stuff like that, then I lose interest. Um, and you know that kind of happened with our game that we were working on because after after that uh, origins that we play tested it, we got together one more time and we didn't do much else, right? So yeah, I, well, we kind of agreed that that game wasn't doing what we wanted it to do, and maybe that was kind of a huge project to to bite off as a first co design, you know, at a you yeah. know, huge distance from one another. Um, and you know, it was I, I um, I've since then designed co designed two games. Um, that have been pitched to publishers, uh, one with Isaac Shalev and, uh, and another one with, uh, Neil Roberts. And, um, no, for sure. I, um, Neil and I have worked on multiple games, but the first game was a smaller game and we knocked that thing out of the park in no time. Um, our second game and, uh, and beyond has taken way longer, um, because they're, the games are bigger now. Right. So that makes them take longer to design and, um, bigger games have never been my strong suit. So whenever I'm partnering with a, with a co-designer who's good at bigger games, I struggle with that a little bit, um, keeping up okay. on those. Um, it's a lot of information yeah. to, to be able to process, you know? Yeah, and I guess that's kind of the... I, I guess I'm on the other side of the spectrum there where I like to, again, do physical stuff and, and that kind of thing. So if we if we are working on something that is usually isn't a card only game or, or a simple game is usually something bigger which is harder to design for sure you know as just one person is hard to design when you have more people on if those people don't 
merge well, I guess, uh, work well together. And I, I'm not saying that we didn't work well together. It's just that it, there needs to be uh, a good push and pull uh, interaction between the people to make it work well. I agree. I agree. And I think there needs to be some real, um, some real well-defined roles and rules. Um, you know, that's something that Neil and I really worked on in the beginning to say like, okay, you're going to handle this part. I'm going to handle this part on this specific game. And, you know, at the end of every call, cause Neil and I, we just have a weekly call scheduled where we sit down and talk okay. about whatever we're working on. Um, and that's really helpful because we can jump between different projects and such. Um, and you know, at the end of the call, it's okay, this week, Neil's going to do this, Jason's going to do that. And we're going to move forward from there. And that has really made a difference for us in, um, being yeah. productive with that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so here's what I've taken, uh, to do in co-designs and this may actually be a, an episode by itself, but, um, since I, I have a lot of games that I've worked on in the past two years, there are some games that have I have shelved. Um, and I have not shelved them because they're bad games or they didn't come together. I shelved them because I was working on other more exciting stuff and these games were not at the level where I wanted them to be. Um, right. But I have gotten people that have... Uh, you know, approached me and said, hey, what happened to this game? I really enjoyed that game. Um, have you signed it? And I'm like, well, it's actually shelved. So what I've, I've started to do is if somebody is talking about, hey, maybe we should work on something at some point, then what I've started to do is, hey, I've that, I have these projects that I've worked on in the past. There right. are, you know, there are wor games that work. They're fun, but they're missing something. And, and I have videos for them and I send them to the people. Hey, if you like to work on, on this together, something that we can work on. I've already done a lot of the work, but I'm, I'm open to any changes really. And that's the thing, you know, having a lot of games is you're not, you don't get as attached with your design. So you're like, yeah, if you want to change right. some stuff, I'm willing to try it out and see what happens. Yeah, no, I, I really agree with that. And I think that's smart. When, that's one of the things Neil and I have done that's worked really well is to say, Neil, I've got this game. Uh, idea that I've been working on. Do you want to take a peek at it and see what you can do? And I'm I'm starting to look at a game that he had that with, where he got it a ways, and it looks really interesting, but he's kind of stuck. And he said, I need these other yeah. pieces to be designed with it, so I'm going to step in and try and design those pieces um, to try to help move it forward, right? And Because uh, that's, I think, where co-design really shines, is working through issues that are hard to work through on your own. Exactly. Exactly. I completely agree. Oh, right. man. Well, well, hey, so you brought a topic you want to talk about. We should probably do that. Sure. I mean, uh, we've, we've, we've been talking uh, board game design, so I'm, I know. I'm happy the, so far. The builders probably don't know what to do here. They're like, whoa, whoa, why are they not talking about Marvel movies? So, <laughs> Well, by the way, uh, uh, Infinity, uh, Endgame is coming out. The Blu-ray is coming out. I'm probably going to get it. So. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to pick that up as well. I've only seen it twice so yeah yeah okay well, that, that's enough of that let's go to the topic <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay yeah. so um one of I, I guess one of the things i wanted to start off with is um using i guess what you are good at what you maybe what you do as your full-time job as a base for a design or i guess as a 
crutch in some sense, kind of something that helps you through a design. And mm-hmm. if you start with something that you're good at, then maybe that can help you through a design. That's kind of what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. Um, and the reason for that is because for me, you know, I, I, I'm a, an engineer and I've always been pretty good at, at uh, visualizing uh, three-dimensional spaces. Um, as a civil engineer, I, I, use, I do uh, surveying, which is you take this instrument that shoots uh, points on the ground and, and puts it in a 3D space. Um, so whenever I'm doing like a, maybe a site plan for a bridge replacement, um, we have to make sure to take all the appropriate uh, topo locations to make sure that whenever you design a bridge on the virtual space, it is a good reflection of what's in the, out there in the real world. Right. So, right. so it, it's kind of, I guess, is something that I've I've been pretty good at. So, for my designs, that. 3d space visualization has helped me come up with different components on the on on my designs um one one that really uh jumps out at me is uh cube kingdoms which i don't think you've ever played but i have not this game yeah this game is uh it's a cube it's kind of i guess it's like a rubik's cube in the size but it has holes on uh, it, so it's a three by three grid cube, and and in this game you're using smaller cubes and you're connecting them to this bigger cube. But as you go to an edge, the these smaller cubes wrap around the cube. So let's say you're drawing on like a line using cubes. Whenever uh-huh. you go to an edge, it just wraps around the cube, like in a like I guess it's a mini gravity type deal. You right, know, the world is round, so things just kind of go around with the world type deal. It just doesn't go straight. So, right. when I was designing that game, I'm kind of visualizing it. How would this work? What would I need? And I'm kind of thinking through different directions, and that's kind of how my whole scoring for that game came up to be. It's kind of like a you're scoring from each perspective of the cube based on your color. So you're blocking other people from different perspectives, but you're scoring yourself from others kind of deal. Interesting. Yeah, that, see, and yes. that sounds baffling to me that, that you would design that. <laughs> like, I'm like, wow, <laughs> that would not be. But again, it comes from your background, right? That's you using your, your job skills as a, um, you know, yeah. Yeah, so what about you? I mean, um, w- what what kind of designs have you come up with that has definitely your job or maybe what you're good at has influenced it yeah so for me there's a lot of um social player interaction and strategy in in my games right like i like puzzly ideas like i like little puzzles to solve um and so most people decide has have defined my card games that the people of different people have played of being puzzly little card games right like where they're usually easy to teach, but then there's kind of yeah. some strategy baked in that, that kind of grows on you as you play more, right? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and uh, so I think that, that those are the things I always come back to, right? Is I want, I want a game where I feel like I can teach it really fast, but that players are going to want to keep playing it, you know? Um, and that's, I, I think part of that comes from being what I'm good at with 
strategy and, and conversations and things like that and in social interactions like that are things that excite me, yeah. which is why I design towards it. Yeah, and I guess you have your your I guess your current job involves like coaching and that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So so it's a lot of, you know, personal strategy for people or business strategy for people talking people through that and um, one of the really cool things about that for the game design side is it's given me different perspectives of how people think around things um, in ways that I wouldn't have and those perspectives, yeah. you know, are great to leverage when you're working on um, you know, working on different things. Um, I'm working on a new social um, game, like a social, it's a socialish deduction game uh, with some different elements and like, you know, thinking about the things that I've learned from coaching people, like it very much falls into that category of trying to get people to, you know, think a certain way and um, make the right deductions based on the information they're presented, even when it's not yeah. presented all the way. And that with, with my current job, that happens a lot, right? Where I'll talk to someone and I'll say, what's, so what's going on? What do you, what's the problem? And they, and they'll tell me what the problem is. And, and most of the time they're wrong. That's not actually the problem. Um, it's what they perceive to be the problem. And I think we all do that. I do that myself when it comes to me, right? Like, Oh, this is my problem. And it's like, that's not your problem, Jason. This is your problem. <laughs> um, and so, you know, being able to use the skills of listening and figuring out when they say this, this is what they think they mean, but what is it really? You know what I mean? And usually it's something close, but not exactly the same that's producing those kind of symptoms, right? Um, it's like it's like a, a doctor's job, right? Where there's you, they hear symptoms and they have to figure out what does that actually mean, right? Um, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, and it's, um, and it's really, a, a, I guess, a slippery slope because if you tell somebody to make a game about what you do, it, they're not really going to be too excited to do so because sometimes you, if you do something for, for I guess, uh, as a living, even if you really love it, you always need uh, a break from that. Um, right, and, right. And, you know, and you've heard this example of people doing accounting and not being, not wanting to play games where you're basically doing accounting, right? Right. Um, yeah, yeah, that's so I, totally I get, fair. Yeah, and I guess design is the same way where you don't want to uh, design a game where you're doing basically what you do for a living. Right. But so you, I guess it's about using your skills, really. Yeah, that's the thing I think is translating the skills you enjoy using or the skills yeah. you enjoy seeing other people use too. Because I mean, that's, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I don't know. It's this question for you. Have you designed games where you're like, people love this game, but I don't really want to play it anymore. Have you done that or no? Um, yes. Uh, let me, wh which one was that one? Um, oh yes. Uh, Wordception. I, I designed a game called Wordception, which is a word game and I hate word games. Um, <laughs> I guess it's kind of my whole, you know, I like language independent games. I'm a native Spanish speaker. Right. So word games, I've never really been good at them. And, and you know, that that's my gamer in me. I don't want to play games that I'm not good at. I want to play games right. that I can win. So, so I had an idea for this game and, you know, I worked on it for a little while. I brought it to um, pub. There was some interest, but, you know, word games in general are not really that popular and they're even harder to sign and, and, and all that. But I had the idea for it. So why not give it a try? Because it's always good to learn new things and, and try different things as well. Mm -hmm. So people liked it, but you just got tired of playing it? Well, 
I, I, it's not that I got tired of playing it. It was more of, you know, I was working on other stuff, so I stopped working on it. Uh, it but interestingly enough, I just had a meeting a couple days ago from uh, the Green Designers of North Carolina podcast, a podcast, uh, the our meeting, and uh, and uh, I I had I brought that game with me because a lot of my other games that I've been working on lately are currently under evaluation, so. I remember there were some ideas that I had to implement on the game, but so much time had passed that I forgot most of them. <laughs> right. So make sure to write down uh, your feedback, when it, especially when it comes to ideas that you come up with on the fly. Um, so, But still, I knew it was a game that had something in it, you know, had some good ideas, even though it's not something that I want to play. Right. But I think right. it's a good, it's a game that some people would like to play. Right. Yeah. I run into that issue quite a bit with games where I'll put them down for a while and then come back and think, what was that change I was going to make? Oh, crud. <laughs> and then, you know, yeah. But anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But um, I, I guess uh, what, what other other uh, skills have have you used regarding maybe th- let's get away from what you do for a living uh, something that you just enjoy and you've kind of learned and uh, as you've done it so much and and you've used it in your game design oh that's a good question um man i don't i don't know that i can really separate that you know um one of the things that I become interested in with games that's not necessarily related to what I do, um, but it's been um, it's been something that's been kind of dominating some of my game designs of late is uh, is the is the um, uh, the a social aspect um, in, in regards to um, thinking about games that actually that matter, right? Like thinking about games that that, that tackle an issue or something like that, right? Um, okay. compulsed yeah. well compulsed is a puzzly card game like most of my card games um it is a game that has a purpose right it's got a purpose of helping someone understand what it's like to, to suffer from ocd um the three coronations the game that neil and i are working on um has social elements to it where it's tackling like hey when you're making these super bad choices in the game you're having an effect on these non-player characters in the game and that's going to screw you over later or if you make good decisions, it may help you later. Um, but we're giving you basically incentives to make bad decisions, right? We're saying if you want to win the game, you're going to have to make tough choices, right? Um, yeah, and, and yeah, and 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 here's a, a thing. I'm sorry, uh, but uh, with and that's one thing that I definitely need to work on on my designs um, because I definitely don't get excited about you know social um, themes and not social as in you know party games and stuff like that social as is serious themes because they i know i understand that they're important but again i'm not as a i'm I'm a very technical think uh thinker um Mm -hmm. and so so kind of thinking through that kind of stuff and put it in my design and not something that i'm really excited about so i I, one of my games that i'm working on on a co-design uh, this person that I'm working with, um, he's one of the game designers in North Carolina. He he's a pro- he's a professor at a university that works on the specific theme that we're doing on our game. So it, nice. it's been interesting, kind of 
getting, you know, opening my mind towards that kind of stuff because I just want to make the game abstract. But it's his game too. So for right, him, right. you know, after he saw some some uh, some ideas that I put up, he kind of put his own. And I'm thinking through that and I'm like, well, that's not what I will like to do, but let's give it a try. You know, let's open, let right. me not be, I don't want to be in this small box and just kind of do whatever I want. That's what I'm doing at co-design. Let's, let's learn something new. Yep. Yep. No. And I, um, I found that with co-design too, that it's helped me stretch into things that I wouldn't necessarily like themes that wouldn't be something I would just jump at to start with or, um, yeah. or even, you know, ideas of, of different things. For me, the social issue thing has just kind of come about because after making compulsed and seeing the positive reception to that and realizing like, oh, wow, this feels nice to have this important thing to say as a part of this game. Um, and like people actually are receptive to it, right? Uh, I guess yeah, my original yeah. fear was people would be like, oh, no, I don't, you know, you know get off your, your, uh, your soapbox, right? Um, so, yeah, yeah. So, anyway, so that's something that, um, trying to uh you know to do um but yeah well for me i also like i also just like silly fun games in general too right so it's (laughs) or less serious of a tone yeah so so one thing i like to i like to problem solve and i like to puzzle solve i'm not really of a i guess as a sudoku person or anything like that but just in game design in general using the uh, the skills i have I have grown through game design. I've used it to make uh, a, a game as well. So the whole puzzle solving thing, I actually, one of my latest games is called String Theory. It's a, it's a, a puzzle game, a solo puzzle game that you have this board in your hand. So it's a small board and you have this length, this string. You have a piece of string that's you know different colors different lengths there's three strings blue red and yellow and there are different lengths and basically you have a card that tells you okay the string needs to start here and end here you need to make this shape and you cannot you know use the same sides and stuff like that so it is a puzzle game but that is something that i'm not really being pretty excited about doing puzzles right right when it comes to game design, you're basically always puzzle solving. You're, you know, solving problems, trying to make things better. So I guess that that's kind of how that game came about. Developing a game that's about, you know, doing puzzles. And it's a solo game, which is something I don't play either. I don't like playing solo games. Right, I'm, right. So, so that's just kind of how things go. You just got to open yourself to trying out different things. And at the same time, you'll learn. Yeah, for sure. And one of the other things along with the social thing that just thinking about that when you're talking about solving puzzles or solo play is education through games is something that's become Mm. more interesting to me that I I didn't really think about before. But with the business I do now and I'm working with an education company right now to make a game for them and that's kind of opened my eyes to, oh, wow, like you can gamify a lot of this stuff that you're trying to teach people, right? Um, yeah. so I've been looking at games in that way. I actually picked up mental blocks at Gen Con. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I, pl- it's, I played that one. It's a perfect game for teaching strategy in a team building session, right? Because it's, Hey, look, everyone has a different perspective and a point of view from what their role is, uh, when they're, when they're working. Right. And, um, yeah. 
you like you are able to uh, to work with them, right? That's what you need to do is work with them and to see their perspective to to accomplish the goal, and uh, and that's an awesome game for doing that. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, I completely agree. Um, for for me, another one, and and this goes not really about the skills that you have, but more about who you are as a person. And, and this may, I guess it's more of a social thing as well. But, you know, me uh, being Puerto Rican uh, from, you know, I live in Puerto Rico for the first 22 years of my life uh, until I graduated college and, and got a job uh, here. Um, that I always, when I, when I first heard that one of the most popular games was called Puerto Rico, I was like, that's pretty cool. I would like to play that game. <laughs> Yeah. And and when I did, I'm like, man, this this is nothing like the P- Puerto Rico I know. And it, I mean, it probably has some, definitely has some historical thing because obviously, you know, the the plantations and and slavery and and a lot of things, you know, there that definitely happened. But there's so much more in Puerto Rico right now that could be definitely used as a game. And I, I'm definitely been struggling with with some designs that I've thought some ideas for of having this whole historical aspect or or just really cool themes that you don't see anywhere because Puerto Rico is just a small island. You know, it's a right, hundred right. miles by thirty five miles, but it has so much culture and it's just so different from anywhere that you can go here in the in in the continental yeah, U.S. Um, so right, it has been hard for me to design a game that really matches that because I like to do the whole abstract puzzly things, and when it comes melding a, a theme together to uh, to it, it has worked for some of my games. But I really want to make it right for this. You know, I wanna I wanna have a good representation of where I came from, and and make it a fun game at the same time. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. And that is, that can be hard, right? I mean, I, yeah, I trying to take something you really love and care about and abstractify it is really hard, really hard. Um, You know, you end up either, I, at least I always end up either overdoing it to where it's a simulation that's so detailed that it's not a simulation, right? It's just doing the thing you're doing, but doing it on paper or, you know, with a board game. Um, or it's so abstract that you're like, what is, this is not the same thing. Right. So. Yeah. And, and, and you gotta be careful too, because you, if you, if you feel a personal connection to it, then, then you want to make it perfect, but there's no perfect game. Um, right. And you know Truth. that with other designs, but when you are so attached to this theme or the social, uh, component to the game or something that you want to teach, educational aspect and you just can't separate yourself from that design and be subjective i mean objective right i knew what you meant i knew what you meant (laughs) yeah so it's been it's been fun i mean just kind of doing designs it it with starting with what i'm good at you know that's kind of and and just i guess my first design which i probably mentioned in the podcast in the past that involved uh, trees. I work for the National Forest in North Carolina, so I I have learned about the whole tree uh, harvesting process, and that's what my first game was about. Um, 
That so, makes sense. So, yeah, it, it, it wasn't really a simulation because from the get-go, I kind of understood that I didn't want to make it something boring because it was a boring thing when I was working on it. So I wanted to make it fun. And, and you know, with resources and all that I at the time, I was mm -hmm. a new uh, board game player and I knew that resources could be turned into other stuff. And I'm like, well, there's something in there, so I might as well try. And it's been now I'm here. So <laughs> no, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. Any other thoughts on this topic before we make you pitch a game? Well, I mean, I just want to open it up to the listeners. Listeners, if you have any anything that you any skills that you're really good at, and you have worked on a game that you have used those skills, share it. Wherever, wherever I guess Jason uh, shares the episode, share it, and we can have some dis open discussion there. I love yeah, that. yeah. Give us uh, to the seven seven hotel BTG, and uh, give us a call and tell us your thoughts, and we'll play it on a future episode. Uh, speaking yeah, of that, builders, yeah. if you have a specific question for one of the hosts, uh, specifically one of the hosts, rather than just a general question for the show, uh, make sure you're saying that when you call now and record those messages so that I can save that for an episode with that co-host to make sure that you get the question answered by the person you wanted it answered by. So, Yeah, importante. All right, okay, well, hey. So I'm supposed to pitch a game now. Yes, you're going to pitch a game. It's going to be a game... Uh, about something. I have no idea. I was gonna try and say something funny, but then I couldn't think of anything funny to say. So yeah, uh, yeah, you're, you're you you're not that funny. You know, I'm 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 not Rob. So true story. True story. <laughs> um, but I do have some uh, a game that I want to pitch, and I wanted to make something different since I have a lot of game designs that i've started in the in the past two years i wanted to revisit some of my games that i've worked on and are maybe are shelved uh, at this point and maybe we can talk through of some ideas of how we can make this game better you know get something out of it why not yeah that sounds great <laughs> okay you mean rather so, than just about 10 to 15 minutes of filled time because that's something out of it <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's see. Let's see. Let's see how it turns out. So this is my second game design. It was called, it's called Sancudo. And Sancudo is the Puerto Rican slang for mosquito. Um, oh, okay. So, okay. So in this game, each player was, uh, uh, what's, do you know what the collective of mosquito is, Jason? What the what is? The collective of mosquitoes. Oh, like a group of mosquitoes? Is it yep. like a swarm? There's probably some weird word for it. No, it's a, a scourge. A scourge yeah, of mosquitoes. That, you know what? And that makes sense because mosquitoes are a scourge. They're the most deadly thing on the planet, honestly. So, yeah. Yeah. So, so it, as a player, you control a scourge of mosquitoes and you are moving throughout a grid, which is, you know, people. Each, each square of the grid has a person. And what you were basically doing, you were using these cards that had, uh, I guess, like a north. Uh, well, no. Oh, I remember. The, the, it was kind of like an action selection system where you had six cards. And the cards have either movement, uh, bite, or, or something else. I don't remember what it was. But 
basically what you were doing is you're moving around this grid and you are trying to get blood from the different people on the grid and the blood was cubes that you would store in this bag and the bag had red cubes which were red blood cells white cubes which were white blood cells yellow cubes which were like flu cells and then the okay. black cubes which were like black plague uh type which were really bad so in this game you were move either twice or once kind of depending on the grid where you were and people you actually move at the same time i think it was simultaneous play i don't remember but i'm not doing a really good job at remembering the game but i should have anyway <laughs> so so what you would do is whenever you would pick to bite a person you would take a cube from the bag and whatever it was you would keep it So if it was a red blood cell, that was kind of the winning condition. You were trying to have the most red blood cells at the end of the game. Um, the white blood cells would actually be more of a protection um, resource. So uh, and I'm going to explain why you would need protecting. Uh, then the flu blood cells would negate the white blood cells. The not the yeah would negate the white blood cells, and then the black plague would be more of a if you have it at the end of the game you lose automatically so as a mosquito you know that mosquitoes take blood and sometimes they leave blood so that's how people get sick um when when it comes to mosquitoes you know these diseases um so you, you would have the option of whenever you b bite somebody on the grid to leave a, a blood cell or take one um so The thing with biting people is that people get mad. So you would put these tokens, there were angry tokens on the on the people. And whenever they achieved three angry tokens, they would swap at the mosquitoes. And each, uh, I guess each column of people will have a different direction of where they would swap. So sometimes you would want to bite people a lot because there was a scourge of mosquitoes from an opposing player above that person and that person was going to hit above you to whenever you would get hit by a person you would lose blood cells so that okay. was kind of the, the the game and the problem that i had with it i guess at this point thinking through it was mainly the whole winning strategy because there was a lot of luck involved because you had a bag um so and you would reach and whatever you would get that was kind of what you got so if you were really bad at it and you would just keep drawing yellow uh i guess flu blood cells or, or black plague there's no way for you to win so that's right. kind of how i i stopped working on the game at this point I've, i can come up with some some ideas that can maybe fix it um it feels like this game could actually be some sort of uh, push your luck element um i don't know how that would work but it is something that i wanted to bring to the table what do you think yeah it's very interesting um the um <clears throat> the idea of pulling from the bag obviously yeah you've got a lot of randomness there and you know with that black cube being so bad you know and just hosing you at the end of the game that's not that's not great um yeah and i did have a distribution though i remember it was just 25 cubes And like 12 of them were red, uh, like eight were white, 
uh-huh. five were were uh, yellow, and I think like two were black or three were black. So it, there was a good distribution there, but still, there is there's the whole luck factor. So are you super duper hooked on that theme? If you are, it's okay. I'm, uh, if I'm hooked on it, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at this point, this game I designed it two years ago, so right. not really. <laughs> well, the reason why I was asking was because, like, first, just the whole the well, I'm not great, I'm not a big fan of blood in general, but um, <clears throat> so the whole concept kind of grosses me out. <laughs> um, <laughs> and any way I could think to like change it, like thematic like it would anything i can think to do to change it would change it thematically right like Hmm. fitting it in your same idea of like i'm reaching in a bag i'm taking something out um somebody's getting angry right uh i might get good stuff i might get bad stuff um yeah i think there's a lot of different themes you could apply to that but if you were singing with a mosquito theme um yeah i'm uh all my, my, my thoughts keep going towards a pandemic, right? Where like, what if there were multiple bags and like you were trying to, um, you were trying to figure out in those multiple bags, which ones had the bad cubes. And like, if you, like, if you pull a bad cube out of someone, right? Like if you pull a, the black cube out of someone, then that, that, uh, um, you know, that, uh, um, player or that character basically right that that person uh would would like die at the end of the round right you'd remove them from the board because they've got the plague right so oh yeah yeah i remember um, i actually had that so people that had the black plague would die and you can't draw blood from them I remember I had that, but okay. That but yeah, sense. continue. Sorry, go, go go ahead. Go ahead. No, continue. no. I was I was picturing a scenario where you had multiple bags. And, um, yeah. you know, at the beginning of the game, you would just randomly put, if all the bags look the same, right? You'd randomly put yeah. a black cube in two of the bags, say, move the bags around. Now you don't know what's what. And then you lay them out and then you're drawing from the bags. You don't even necessarily have to have a board, right? You're drawing from the yeah. bags. And then, um, uh, yeah. So, so anyways. Yeah. Um, I, I like that. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that definitely be a good idea. I guess the only thing that kind of makes me rethink that would be the the you having multiple bags because this is I, I guess this was like a 20 25 minute game and you know at this point bags aren't really that expensive so it, i mean it definitely sounds like something i could i could try um because the the thing with the theme was that i liked it because it was unique um i was at that point i was still trying to do something unique with my games um and i mean i'm i still try to do that but and and this mosquito theme is definitely something unique to say the least and even if it's uh i mean it makes you squirmish uh or you don't like the theme it is still something that maybe that's a a response that you would want because right that's kind of what mosquitoes do right they're they're not really pleasant insects no i don't think anybody likes mosquitoes really no Um, no one not even mosquitoes yeah so maybe incorporating that into the game where you're trying to swap mosquitoes not physically but you know maybe some people have a certain amount since they're a scourge they have a certain 
amount of mosquitoes with them and maybe these mosquitoes are an action point system kind of each mosquito can do a different action um or maybe i guess i i can look at it like a like a worker placement type deal um it's it would still be a pretty light game but you know if somebody did this action and they use two mosquitoes to do it then you can use three mosquitoes to do the same action you know what i'm saying yeah 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 I was almost thinking too, like, what if, what if the person, what if the player was not playing as any specific character, um, but instead was playing just like when you're with your act. Yeah. Well, the people and the mosquitoes, right? So like collecting blood is one way to score points, but, um, but squishing mosquitoes is another way to score points. Right. Um, so, and you, or maybe each player controls, um, like I have the blue characters, right? So I have five blue characters out there or five, my five people and my scourge of mosquitoes and everyone else has their own. Right. Um, yeah. So I'm trying to have my people survive and have my people squish your mosquitoes, but I could also feed off my own people. Um, oh, yeah. You know? So it becomes a risk reward thing, right? Like, um, you know, and here's where the bags come in where each person has their own bag where, you know, oh, this person has been hit a lot, so there's probably a lot more bad cubes in their bag. Right, right. I guess it's kind of self-balance it's, itself. Maybe your bag is kind of, you know what's in your bag, but people don't know unless they keep count, which, you know, that can happen in a lot of games. But, right. uh, you know, this person has been getting a lot of cubes, so they probably have a lot of good things in there, so I'm going to go for them. So I guess the game auto auto balances itself that way um yeah i don't know man that sounds like something i could try out why not yeah no all right hey maybe some progress version two it's a great name it is a great name yeah yeah but uh we'll see we'll see why not i i'm currently not working on much so i may have some time to to do that and next time um we get together to do the podcast so i can give an update let's see if i did something or not i'm probably ha- i may have another a new game <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that sounds awesome all right well, well cool it was a lot of fun i really enjoyed it man yeah so hey your first your first real episode in the books uh we made it so that's pretty exciting yeah and i hope <laughs> i know it, listeners uh i'm open to any feedback if you want me to talk less about my games or anything i'm I'm up to trying different stuff so i'm up to you know trying and and getting feedback right 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 well no i um yeah i think it's good so but if people disagree they can they can voice their concerns that's why we have that that line for people to call so yeah 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 all right. Well, hey, uh, builders, uh, thanks for listening to another episode. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us, uh, as always, you can uh, email us at uh, buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. You could call us at 770-TELL-BTG. That's what we would prefer. As the jingle says, please don't use the email, but you can if you want. It's okay. Uh, also, if you can't call us, uh, feel free to record a message and just send it to us. Uh, we know it doesn't always work overseas, and that's totally cool. Um, you can find us on Twitter at, at @podcastbtg, or you could follow me at, at ja slingerland. Um, Julio is at I believe who Nazaro is that what it is? Do you want to spell that? Because I don't remember no, how it's spelled. It's 
at Hunasaru, J-U-N-A-Z-A-R-U. Awesome. That's what it is. Okay, cool, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, I got to get, yes, cool, 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 cool. I got to get used to people's new uh, Twitter handles to say. So, um, yeah, well, I think that you can like us uh, out on all those different podcast likable things. We always appreciate that. Tell your friends, get them to listen too. Tell them the show's much better now because we have three really smart new co-hosts helping me out here. So uh, I think yeah. that is everything. So with that, um, good night. Good night. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Building the game, building the game with Jason and friends, with Jason and friends. Dial 770-TELL-BGG. Please don't use the email. <laughs>